All right, and welcome back to the Quotes and Chokes podcast. I'm Nick Angeloni. Um, with me today is our guest, Mark Westway. He's um, one of the, so you're one of the owners, right, of, of uh, O2 Lab? Correct, of O2 Health Labs. O2 Health Labs, okay, yeah. So, um, and normally we have a root with us. Hopefully he'll be jumping in here in just a second, but right now he's, um, I think he's actually just finishing up some training, so he'll probably be jumping in here in the next five minutes or so. Um, but yeah, so today we're going to be talking about recovery, uh, injury recovery, uh, a little bit of concussion recovery. We're also going to talk a little bit about some of the COVID-19 stuff. We don't normally get into stuff like that, so we're not going to cover any politics or anything like that. We're just going to just talk about, um, since we are talking about recovery, we're going to be talking about recovering from that as well and what you guys do. So, um, tell us a little bit about like the services you guys do. Um, and uh, we'll get into the details of kind of how all that stuff works. Sure, sure. Um, well, most of our uh, equipment and all our therapies center around hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So we've started using other uh, therapies that increase the efficiency of the hyperbarics. And then we ha- also have cryotherapy, far infrared saunas. Um, light stim. Uh, a lot of uh, people are familiar with Novathor or some of, some of the other companies that uh, have light beds or red light panels and how those work. Um, but we also have uh, pulse electromagnetic field therapy. We have a device called Avison uh, that is FDA approved as a pain relief device, but we like it because it works really well for uh, uh, capillary growth and angiogenesis for microcirculation. All right, so let's 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 kind of go one at a time. We talk about what all of that means. So pretty much, um, the a lot your I would say your main center of focus is the hyperbaric, right? Correct. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing that, um, and it, it it's definitely now I, I've only tried two of the things. Like no, I've tried three of the things that you guys do. I've done cryo um and then i've done the pulse electro pulse electromagnetic fields mm-hmm. is that right correct uh and then hyperbaric I, I would say um those three things are probably the the three the three recovery instruments that i've really felt like a noticeable difference um you know after you immediately after using them and then also after using them long term um or consistently like, you know, I've, there's a lot of other stuff out there um, and supplements and stuff like that. I'm like, uh, maybe, maybe this helps. You know, some of it I definitely get this. I'm not getting anything out of this. Um, and I'm kind of a believer. Like, I'm not really going to do anything, especially I'm not going to put money in anything that I'm not like, I don't feel a noticeable difference. Right. You know? Right. And, I only have a limited amount of time and energy to put into things. So, And also there's uh, not every therapy is for every person anyway regardless of the finances, um, sure. the body is so uh, systemically different from each other. Uh, and, you know, our routines are different, our nourishment's different, what our body needs. If you've done the uh, hair tissue min- mineral analysis, things like that, we see such a wide variance. Even people can have extremely similar diets and uh, their body just functions individually. So uh, there's so many different 
I don't want to call them gimmicks because some of them do really work well for other people, but there's mm-hmm. uh, so many therapies out there. Uh, but we really like to look at uh, what really promotes recovery. So it's not just recovery of uh, an injury or a concussion or post-surgery. Because we do treat a lot of NFL players, a lot of professional hockey players, post-surgery or for during the season for uh, directly related injuries. But uh, also just as a training aid, um, one of uh, – uh, and you know Coach Sam Calavita. Uh, he's mm-hmm. like, Did I lose you? Oh, did I lose you? Oh, you know, you you cut out there for a, a, a just a second or two. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I, I can I can fix it uh, in the post editing, but um, the last thing I heard you say was you, you mentioned uh, Coach. Sam. Okay, yeah. So Coach Sam Calavita is one of my my favorite as far as uh, uh, nutrition coaching. Uh, he's just a genius, and I like one of the statements he's made several times is most athletes never hit their peak performance because they're in a recovery deficit. Um, yeah. So that's where we come in is for the recovery. Now, it's not just athletes, all of us. Uh, I mean, we have CEOs of companies we treat as well because they perform in a different way, but they have the same issues of recovery deficit from exterior toxins in the environment to uh, stress, right. overwork, uh, not enough sleep. All these things lead up to recovery deficit. Uh, just on our daily routines, not necessarily just athletics. So, yeah, I was going to say f- physiological stress, regardless of what it is, is going to result in in inflammation, and and you know it's just going to differ in the way that it presents ex- itself. So we all we all need recovery. Exactly, right? and exactly. And one of the points you just made with the inflammation is uh, that that's one of the big deficits that we see, and at the O2 Health Labs, we have separate therapies that work together. And one of the big things they do is reduce inflammation. And hyperbaric oxygen therapy won't only reduce inflammation, it stops the cycle. Uh, The upregulation of cytokines, which is actually the inflammatory response, it will uh, stop that upregulation over a series of hyperbaric treatments. And, and let's real quick for um, people who haven't heard about it, just explain what the hyperbaric chamber sure. is. So hyperbaric goes way back. It's been around since the 1500s. Um, and it's hyper just means increase and baric means pressure. So right now at sea level, you're at 14.7 PSI. That's the pressure you're at. We find if we put you in a chamber that we can seal up, and pump in some air to add additional pressure, uh, we'll add additional half the atmospheric pressure. So we add an extra seven PSI, for instance, in certain protocols. Um, when you add that pressure, it condenses the gas. 
uh, any gas you're breathing. In our case, we're pumping in 100% oxygen to breathe through mask. So we double the number of molecules per breath because we compress it with that pressure. So you're getting 50% more. If we double the atmospheric pressure, you'll get double the number of molecules per breath. That's the, just part of the general gas law. Um, it's just all physics. So you have more oxygen. But the big magic is with hyperbarics, when you're under pressure, that gas actually goes into the liquid in your body, into solution. So now we're putting the oxygen directly into the plasma, directly into the lymph system, all the water in the tissue in your body, directly oxygenated. It's the same way they put pressure into a Coca-Cola. Hey, guys. Is, uh, oh. Hey, yeah, I was just, I was just gonna pause you. So uh, Aru just joined the call. So um, I apologize. My uh, call, uh, like it was loading for like ten minutes, not ten minutes, like five oh, minutes. Really? I was talking, but I don't think you guys could hear me. But no, sorry, no. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to say hi, and I'm I'm on the call. Um, so just just real quick, Mark. Uh, this is Aru. He does. He's my co-host. Mark, pleasure to meet you. And, and you. Um. So. Uh, he was just kind of Coca Cola. What hyperbaric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was telling us what hyperbaric. I could hear you. I could hear you the whole time. I just couldn't. For some reason, you guys couldn't hear me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um. So sorry. Go ahead. Continue. I apologize. Okay. So, uh, the same way we put uh, the gas or carbonation in a Coca Cola is with pressure. Once we add the pressure, we cap it off. And when you look at the liquid, you don't see the gas in there. You don't see the bubbles until you release the pressure. Then the bubbles come out of solution. So we're basically doing the same thing to get more oxygen delivered to the tissue, which does a number of things. One thing, it promotes healing uh, 30 to 50% faster. It promotes the body's upregulation of collagen. Uh, which promotes fibroblast, which is connective tissue, osteoblast, which is bone tissue. So broken bones heal faster, open wounds heal faster, collagen's extremely healthy for the joints. So uh, this is how we see the post-surgery patients heal 30 to 50% faster is with these upregulations. It's also antimicrobial, so it kills anaerobic bacteria on contact. Uh, hyperoxygen does a lot of things and it takes down that inflammation and in our clinics we look at all the therapies if we're taking down inflammation and breaking that cycle increasing circulation and increasing mitochondria function you pretty much address 95 percent of adverse conditions this and, is yeah i mean that that's kind of like what recovery is right those three exact factors. this is so mind-blowing uh, when i compare it to what we're doing staying at st mary's glacier at ten thousand feet we're doing the i guess hypobaric right <laughs> training so i was just curious how it would be if you combine the two methods of living high and then mm -hmm. you know getting your red blood cell count up and then coming down uh, to your labs like before the fight and putting your because what i've noticed at staying like you mentioned how the hyper oxygen uh, increases your recovery time and i know from personal experience staying at ten thousand feet uh your recovery time goes down a lot like it right. goes up a lot sorry 
And uh, if your wait, your recovery time goes yeah, up. Yeah, like you don't recover you between workouts as good as you do when you're at sea level or even mile high. Like when you're two miles mm. high, you just your recovery time is way slower. You need more time between training sessions to recover. So, uh, so I'm just curious, what do you think would happen if? So, like, let's say you do a whole training camp at 10,000 feet, or maybe even you do the training camp at 10,000 feet, but once a week you come down and do the hyperbaric chamber. How would that affect your uh, performance and recovery? Or what 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 would the ideal balance be? Right, because that 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 hypobaric right condition is um, supposed to um, increase your red blood cells. Or, well, yeah, you increase red blood cells. You do a few other things. It's pretty interesting. Uh, it, that that's I'm glad you brought that up. We have another device that's called a CVAC, mm-hmm. cyclic variation and altitude conditioning, mm-hmm. and it mimics altitude by pressure change. Mm. The same mm. as hyperbarics promotes uh, pressure change. Uh, we call it depth mm-hmm. by adding pressure. The hypobaric has a vacuum, mm-hmm. so you go to altitude in it. Mm-hmm. You don't actually change altitude, but by pressure. And it exactly what you said, it, it increases the red blood cell count. But the body adapts in several other ways. It also will build a little bit more mitochondria. Mm-hmm. So at our one of our clinics is in Mission Viejo. And what we do there, we have a CVAC and hyperbarics. Now, you can't do those the same day or you'll get decompression sickness. Mm-hmm. It's like okay. diving. But you can alternate day to day. And we've done this with athletes and uh, just for basic recovery several times. Um, so when you're doing hyperbaric or I'm sorry, CVAC or hypobaric training, if you do it intermittently where you consistently change that, you're not getting any negative effects of the hypoxia mm-hmm. that you get at being at altitude, but you are getting the benefit. Wow. And the big one is called the hy- hypoxic inducible factor. Mm-hmm. So that's what uh, you you may have heard of some athletes using EPO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. As enhancing uh, performance enhancing drug. If you're doing the CVAC, you're going to your body's going to build its own EPO naturally. And because the way it's synthesized, it's legal. It's not an illegal usage for uh, performing then the next day we'll go into hyperbarics so basically what it does we found a university of hawaii did a big study with cbac and they found elite athletes and then the second study on general population after preconditioning for uh, 60 days with cbac they began to use oxygen much more efficiently mm-hmm about 45% more efficiently. Wow. So if we do that, then we do hyperbarics. Now you're using oxygen more efficiently and we're saturating the tissue with hyperbaric oxygen. Best of both worlds. Exactly. And and those performances go off the charts. Um, Now, we don't always recommend hyperbarics the day of an event. Uh, Although we have used it. uh, Stipe Miocic before the Cormier fight. We mm. had him in uh, the day before. Uh, we've had Juan Archuleta in several times the day before. And the oh, day that explains his cardio. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here's the really this, nice that's for thing. Hype, 
is that's for hypo or hyper 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 bear and okay. what um i talked when i talked to stipe about it what he expected to see is i said well one of the things you'll see is recovery from punishment much faster and your recovery between rounds will be faster because um, we're making mitochondria more efficient this was let, let me, before the, let me pause sorry, it. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say um i uh i'm not sure where you're at in relation to your phone and stuff but i can hear i can hear your breathing pretty heavy cool, me? <laughs> uh oh, Aru, sorry Aru. <laughs> yeah it's okay <laughs> um so uh uh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think that was it. What I had told Stipe is you'll see that you'll recover much faster from punishment and between rounds, you'll recover much faster with cardio. Uh, when you get into the deep water, you'll recover. Recovery rate will be much faster. Mitochondria works off of, which is the powerhouse of the cell building energy called ATP. It works off glucose and oxygen. So if we're saturating mm-hmm. with oxygen, that mitochondria is going to work much more efficiently. Therefore, you're going to recover much faster. Well, that that's the whole... Um, I might be mixing this up because it's been a while since I've passed tests and these things. But that's uh, that's the whole... Um anaerobic threshold right when you don't you don't have you're not you can't get oxygen fast enough to use your atp energy systems Correct. and then you go into and anaerobic. this was before the se- second uh dc Steve i was gonna Pat? ask that yeah it was just before the his the rematch oh that explains okay. it because he was getting his I was ass kicked say. the first three rounds <laughs> and then fourth and fifth he came back with a uh with a comeback Right. Yeah, with the liver shots. Yeah, and I felt like he took more punishment in the first uh, round, just alone, than he took in the entire first fight. Yeah, he yeah, took a yeah. lot of punishment. I don't know yeah. what kept that man going. It I must have been the increased, was... increased mitochondria. Yeah, I, I don't know <laughs> if this is true, but somebody had told me that Stipe took more punch punches in the second fight than any heavyweight champion in UFC and still win the fight. Yeah, it was incredible. I could see that. It was incredible. Yeah. That that fight had I, my job. I thought that go ahead, sir. I thought that fight was in the bag. I thought it was over. Oh. You know, it was it was like a matter of time. I was just waiting for it to end. And then he comes back. Yeah, incredible. that was a great fight. Yeah. That that is like the best advertisement for <laughs> the hyperbaric chamber. Yeah. I wasn't sure when you said like oh Stipe before the Cormier fight. I was like, "Are you talking about the first one or the second <laughs> yeah. one?" If it's, the, if it's the first one, we may not want to mention. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, all right. So let's. Let, can I ask oh, one sorry, more thing? Ahead, so, sure. in conjunction, the using hyperbaric and the CVAC in conjunction. How first of all, how how long is each treatment? Like, how long do you stay in the CVAC and how long do you stay in the hyperbaric chamber? Yeah. E- each one is 60 minutes. Okay, so if you do an hour a day alternating, like two, three times a week, let's say you do hyperbaric, and three times a week you do CVAC, that right there, have they done studies where people are actually alternating between the two? For not, in, not in the U.S., but what's significant is I had a physician in, our Mission Viejo Clinic, a sports medicine physician. Uh, she's from Russia. Mm-hmm. And 
um, I was showing her what we were doing with those two devices and giving her my uh, uh, reasoning for using them together. It'll build more red blood cells so you can carry more oxygen and saturate the even the plasma and hemoglobin. Perform better. And mm-hmm. she said, Mark, that I think you're right on. That's perfect. As I was explaining it step by step. And then she said, but, you know, you realize the Russian Olympic athletes have been doing this for about 10 years, right? Wow. And I mm. said, yeah, I had no idea. <laughs> I thought for once I had an original thought. And I guess. <laughs> I was about to say, that sounds like something Russians would do. So what about, what about, um, so let's say for someone like Root, that lives at elevation, what would be the appropriate amount of hyperbaric to be doing? Does, does, is he still going to, because obviously he doesn't need to do hypo if right. he's living. Well, and what's going to happen, and, and we found this out with the Olympic swim team that was training at altitude one year. They, they put in a lot of uh, hyperbarics and they didn't have the results that we see the athletes that do it at sea level. There's a component that as soon as you get out of the hyperbaric chamber, you're burning, you metabolize oxygen very quickly, right? Uh So when you're at altitude and the gas that you're breathing around you, it's still 21% oxygen, just like at uh, sea level, 78% Mm -hmm. nitrogen, 21% oxygen, but you're not getting as many molecules per breath when you're not in the chamber. So you dissipate oxygen much quicker. So you would have to do more hyperbaric treatments than you would at sea level to compensate. Uh, How many times a week? Um, if I was living at altitude, I'd, I'd go in at least four. Four to five four times, times a week. week. Wow. Yeah. And, um, and immediately following the uh, training session, the training session, as you tear down muscle and you, you uh, are expanding the alveoli, if we oxygenate it, that's going to work work much better. And there's one other thing with altitude that you do lose uh, in training. And don't get me wrong, I am a believer in training at altitude, but uh, or devices that mimic altitude. Coach mm-hmm. Calavita has a couple other devices he uses um, mm-hmm. that some of the NFL teams use as well. Um, and a CVAC is another way to go, but. Um, when you're exhaling against pressure, for instance, a swimmer, they exhale with their face in the water. So they're exhaling against more pressure because water. Mm-hmm. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. When you said then that. they turn their head, in, you know, sideways and get their mouth out to suck in air. Then they exhale against pressure again. That builds the elasticity of the alveoli or the air mm-hmm. sacs in the lungs. So mm-hmm. that's really going to help with expanding uh, the alveoli give them that uh, uh, way that they can expand and contract. Yeah. And so when hmm. you're in the hyperbaric chamber, that's one of the things you're doing. You're under pressure, so you're at, it's easier to inhale because of the pressure, but it's harder to exhale. And not to the point that you even notice it, but you are exhaling against more pressure than atmospheric pressure. So uh, we're, we're extending the alveoli's capacity so you can carry more oxygen as well. Wow. Uh, um, I was going to – oh, did I interrupt? Yeah, did I, I, I want to ask one more question. So yeah. let's say funds are not an issue and, like, you know, you, you could spend as much money as you want on this. 
the most optimum protocol for somebody, for number one, somebody living at sea level and somebody living at high elevation like me, first sea level, what would somebody at sea level do? Was that protocol that I thought that I said in the beginning? Uh, very close. Uh, I would do two. Day. I would only do two of the CVAC. Uh -huh. um, and I would do uh, three of the hyperbaric. And then mm -hmm. there's another tool that you should be trained into first, not just go out and buy it, that Sam Calavita has called the Alpha Lab. Those things will be resistance training and cause intermittent hypoxia. Now, the training mm -hmm. mask will cause that in a way, but I'm opposed to that because of the buildup of CO2 you get. Mm -hmm. When you when you say training mask, you mean those those high elevation? Yeah, little... yeah, the mask that okay. just make it harder to breathe. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah, like. I those. don't like them either because the way they function, they they do make it, you know, give you that intermittent hypoxia. You're not getting as much gas in, but when you exhale your CO two, you're going to rebreathe a portion of that, and mm -hmm. the reason you exhale CO two is it's a toxin. Um, mm -hmm. the way I got into hyperbaric medicine, originally I was an underwater welder in the oil field diving industry for 30 years. Mm. Yeah. Oh, really? So we would get the buildup of CO2 in a dive hat. You'd immediately feel the effect an immediate headache. Uh, it's not good for the, uh, basal system and the buildup of CO2 in the body is actually what sets your breathing rate. It isn't the mm -hmm. need of oxygen. It's the buildup of CO2 in the blood uh, sends a signal to the brain that, hey, we have all these toxins. Get rid of it. So it forces you to exhale. Now, once you've exhaled because of the CO2 to get, get that out of your system, you've created a vacuum uh, in the chest cavity. So the diaphragm pulls back down and, and fills that vacuum. That's a mechanical response. But the the beginning of that response to, to start that cycle is the CO2 buildup. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, so are you saying that doing the CVAC twice, a, twice a week uh, and maybe uh, the other, the other method you mentioned is uh, enough to mimic the one mile altitude? Yeah. And the reason is the CVAC doesn't just go to altitude and sit there. It, it cycles very quickly. You'll change altitude two, three times in five seconds. I mean, oh, wow. it's like uh, going up and down in an airplane extremely fast. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. You know, so it'll it's... go all the way to 26,500 feet. Oh, wow. It'll mimic that. So we also get people that are, you know, going to climbing mountains. They'll come in and uh, climatize with the sea bag. Mm. But, um, even one of the important things, in fact, uh, three guys just won the Nobel Peace Prize writing a paper on this last, I think it was October, uh, the effects, cellular effects of high dose and low dose oxygen, uh, hypoxia. Um, and one of them was the hypoxic inducible factor, which is the release of the EPO, which is extremely beneficial if it goes through each cellular synthesis and transport chain it's supposed to. If you just directly mm -hmm. inject it, you get more red blood cells. But it's the synthesis of the EPO through the body that's extremely healthy for the kidneys, 
for, for mm. a lot of the different cellular functions. Uh, so so inter- intermittent hypoxia causes the production of EPO, yeah. uh, like the extra production of yes, EPO in the body? Yes, it does. And that's one of the big points. And like I said, these guys just won a Nobel Peace Prize for it. So they're splitting a million bucks. Sam Calabita has been saying this for 12 years, 15 years, <laughs> saying the same thing for the last eight. Um, That's it. I'm moving to California. I'm not, yeah, I'm not a PhD. So don't <laughs> um, one of the- well, what do you think about, um, have you seen the bot, like Boss Rutten's O2 trainer, like the, his version of the, the mask? Um, no, I don't think so. Basically, it's like a mouthpiece. Um, and granted, it doesn't. It just goes in your mouth, so you you have to choose to like to breathe through mm-hmm. it. You know, it's not like a mask that covers you entirely. It's like breathing through but a straw. A I got you. Well, it it has a valve though, so like when you breathe in, you're breathing against pressure. But when you when you exhale, the valve opens up, and it just you can you can blow it out like regularly. So it doesn't wouldn't get that like buildup of of CO, of uh, CO two that you were talking right, about. Right. Um, does that sound like on the surface yeah. like something that would be useful? Yeah, along exactly. With if you can get rid of that CO2 buildup and still have the um, intermittent hypoxia, but it's something that I would probably say to cycle, you know, use it right. for, uh, you know, say you're on a treadmill, use it for uh, five to seven minutes, uh, maybe 10 minutes. So you, if you raise the heart rate, variable heart rate, uh, and uh-huh. like the 165 to a high number uh, and having a hard time uh, getting in gas for about 10 minutes, you'll not only get the big nitric dump, uh, you can uh, then cycle back to oxygen or just standard air. Um, right. Which brings up another thing that a lot of guys do is, uh, are you familiar with uh, EWOT training, uh, exercise with oxygen no. therapy? Georgia does that. Yeah. Um, there is uh, there's some advantages to it, but there's some disadvantages as well. So we use that for some of our exercise with oxygen. Exercise what exercise with oxygen therapy? Yeah. Oh, Ewok. I think it's the Ewok, oh. like Star Wars. <laughs> no, um... but that'd be an advantage too. I think. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the Ewok training, there's there's a a problem with that with CO2 as well on the backside uh, as the ATP is burning the oxygen, you're not getting rid of the uh, CO2 as fast. So uh, because it's not stimulating the breathing as much because you're breathing so much oxygen while exercising. So it's really great for certain cardiac or heart patients, right? But Mm. I wouldn't use that as a standard of training. But what you were talking about, the boss root mask, if, if it's getting rid of the CO2 good, I think cycling that would be be very beneficial in conditioning. Nice. That's, sorry, Nick. I, I just wanted to, the, before we move on, can you answer the second okay. part of the question about the uh, if the, the perfect product, the best protocol, there's no perfect protocol, but if you're living at high elevation mm-hmm. like me, we covered the sea level person. And then for somebody like me living at, uh, you know, Denver altitude, one mile, what would be the most optimal for my performance and recovery? Uh, I would say with no injuries during training uh, camp, immediately mm-hmm. after whatever your hardest workout strength conditioning of the day is, is do 60 minutes, five days a week. 
Five days yeah. a week. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm doing three here at sea level. Wow. The miss of that. I mean, it makes sense that you know it would have to. Obviously, you'd have to you'd have to balance out all of that uh, that hypobaric right. effects that you're getting. Yeah. It's mostly just uh, a hyperbaric treatment. The benefit of it is not going to last as long. You're not going to mm-hmm. get the benefit. That's why I need more. That's why you do more. Um, you, okay. Why did you say that you generally don't? don't recommend it for right before competition uh it's a uh <laughs> um hyperbaric oxygen or high dose oxygen in general relaxes the sympathetic nervous system so that's okay. why it's such a great stress reliever also um you notice when you come out you're usually a little bit tired you just feel really relaxed yeah because it, it yeah. relaxes the sympathetic portion of the uh nervous system now if i did do hyperbarics before an event i would then go directly into cryotherapy and once you come out of cryotherapy yeah. bring that back up with cryotherapy a lot of people think that it's just icing it's similar to icing uh, icing can actually damage a lot of cellular tissue where cryotherapy it's just the uh extreme cold is only on the skin it doesn't go into muscle, organ, blood vessels. Matter of fact, your core temperature usually rises just a little bit while you're in there. Wow. Yeah, so let, let me um, let me kind of explain. I think I know the answer to this already, but I would like to hear it from you. So let me explain what my initial perspective on cryo was as far as it being compared to, to just like an ice bath. Um, because I think a lot of I talked to a lot of people afterwards and they were like, yeah, I feel the same way, but I'm thinking now that I was incorrect because what, what my feeling was, was like, okay, yeah, it's super cold, but I didn't feel like I got as cold as, as I do when Mm -hmm. I sit in an ice bath. And, and, and I guess maybe that's kind of like an MMA train of thought. And it's kind of like, if it doesn't hurt as much, you know what I mean? I prefer um, cryo so much more to the ice bath. Uh, it, uh, because it was more comfortable. Yeah, or, or you felt... <laughs> I hate that. Oh ice yeah, bath. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Um, yeah. So like, um, but I, I think that it's not as simple as 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 what I perceive. So maybe sure, and uh, uh, you're you're exactly right. When you're in an ice bath, you said you're getting the muscle, everything else cold. It's a wet cold. A dry cold and right. uh, what we use in cryotherapy is uh, liquid nitrogen. Being a, a gas, it doesn't permeate the skin. So it's only your skin getting cold that senses that cold. Sends a signal to the brain saying, you know, hey, this is such an extreme cold. We're going to go into hypothermia. We're going to freeze. Your brain actually thinks you're going to freeze to death because it is the temperature mm-hmm. so, so far below zero. Well, that causes a chain reaction where whenever you're going into hypothermia, the blood leaves your extremities to preserve the core and the brain. Um, So that actually starts happening when you're in the cryo chamber in the first minute. The blood starts leaving those Mm -hmm. extremities to protect the core. The, The blood also circulates much faster in the core, picking up more oxygen, more nutrients, uh, to protect itself, right? Well, 
the session is uh-huh. three minutes long. So once that activity really gets going, you're done and you step out. As soon as you step out into the warmth, that blood leaves the core and goes back to the extremities and it goes back with a vengeance. So it creates new capillary and blood vessel growth. Mm. It also now is mm. carrying all that extra oxygen and nutrients to the muscle and all the tissue. And then the parasympathetic portion of your brain says, hey, good news, we're not going to freeze to death. Everything's great. So your body, your brain actually produces a bunch of endorphins, uh, different hormones, different chemicals, feel-good chemicals, uh, more uh, anti-inflammatory regulations. So it's not as simple as just getting cold to take down inflammation. It's the whole chemical reaction of the brain. We're really tricking the brain to go almost into a fear or flight mode to create the chemical reaction we want. Sorry, I don't know if you heard that, but I had a, my windows open. It's okay. Train there, uh, train go by. So are you saying that cryotherapy for sure induces uh, angiogenesis? Angiogenesis and uh, endorphins. Wow. What is uh, what is angiogenesis? Uh, for growth of new blood vessels. Okay. And that's huge for oh, cardio okay. because uh, you're, it's not just about your heart. It's about your circulatory system to accommodate all that blood blood being pumped by your heart. So if you have a strong heart, but you don't have the theoretically blood vessels to match it, like it's it's not gonna be as good. Like your cardio exactly. won't be as good. But if you have the if you have those routes to deliver the blood to your muscles where they're needed, it's just and it will be less effort on the less heart. Less effort right? on the heart and also to carry more oxygen in the long run. The more, more vessels and capillaries you have, the more oxygen you're going to have because that's how it's delivered normally and mm-hmm. uh, to the tissue. Now, one other thing that cryo does, any extreme cold will do this. So the uh, ice bath will do this as well. Cause the body to build what's called PGC-alpha-1, uh, which is a peptide that causes... Uh, mitochondria biogenesis and actually causes mm-hmm. mitochondria to divide. Um, when you're that mm. cold, your body needs more energy, right? To shiver and try to warm itself up. So mm-hmm. that's how your body reacts. It creates more uh, mitochondria in every cell. It starts dividing. You have more, more mitochondria. And that would, more power that would... powerhouses. That I would equate to essentially better endurance. Uh, better endurance, better recovery. Um, that you know, there's a lot of actions mm. that uh, my and there's a couple of books out by physicians uh, that have said they believe the root of all uh, disease is mitochondria dysfunction. Wow, I've heard that. I've heard that. Um, so, as far as an ice bath goes, in regards to the the first bit of things you're saying about cryo, like the uh, the mm-hmm. angiogenesis. So, does does ice baths give you less of it that? Doesn't it doesn't give you any of, of it, yeah, and, because the body it's not cold enough for the body to feel that it's going into uh, hypothermia. Uh, I mean, it could in theory if you were in there long enough. You'd have to, and I wouldn't know how what that time is, but it would have to be you know beyond shaking un- uncontrollably. 
you'd have to actually be going in. You, you'd, have, you'd have to be in there long enough. As I was going to say, you'd, you'd have to actually be in danger of right, going in right. hypothermia. Um, how, okay. how many times a week do you recommend? You know, you can do cryotherapy five times a week, six times a week with, with no problem. You remember all the functions of cryotherapy are very temporary. Uh, you get benefit, mm-hmm. but it's temporary. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons we like to couple it at our uh, clinics at the uh, O2 Health Labs with cryotherapy is hyperbaric takes a while. It takes five, six, ten treatments to really get the big angiogenesis effect, to get uh, mm-hmm. the upregulation of collagen happens very quickly. Uh, but to, mm. it'll take down inflammation quickly, but it will not... Uh, um, break the cycle of cytokine upregulation for a good uh, six treatments or so. But with the second mm-hmm. you come out of cryo, you feel an, an immediate difference. So we, we mm-hmm. like to work them together that way. Have, have you ever uh, listened, uh, read a book, The Oxygen Advantage? Uh, not Oxygen Advantage, Oxygen Revolution. Uh, no, I'm talking about specifically the oxygen advantages. Uh, it just, I just it just came to me right now. We we're talking. You were talking about carbon dioxide for a minute, and uh, my phone rang. No, Nick, it's okay. Nick, are you there? Oh, uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, you you didn't disconnect. Um, okay, good. Yeah, the uh, oxygen revolution so, uh, is a good book by Dr. Paul Harsh. But I haven't heard of Oxygen Advantage. I'd, mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'm going to look that up. Yeah, he t- he talks about a lot about uh, carbon di- increasing the carbon dioxide mm-hmm. sensitivity, and uh, well, like his whole thing is breathing through your nose only when you're exercising, and uh, because uh, he, he says you don't want too much oxygen, uh, you don't want to oversaturate yourself with oxygen during exercise because it's actually uh, I'm kind of confusing a little bit. Uh, the details are murky, but he, basically his whole thing is you have to make yourself uh, less sensitive to the yes, carbon dioxide. And I, I think there's a validity to that um, in several ways uh, that you don't want to, not during training, you don't want to over-oxygenate. You want to do it after training to promote the, you know, right. you lift weights, you basically you tear down muscle. You want to promote the healing. That mm-hmm. scar tissue is new muscle cells, right? That's how you build. So mm-hmm. you want right. to do the your hyperbaric treatment after training to recover. After. Yeah, to, it's to a recovery rebuild tool. that tissue yeah. Yeah. with fibroblasts and fibrocytes, which are uh, promoted through collagen and hyperbaric oxygen. Wow. So let's talk about, let me ask you this one last thing. I know that you guys have so many things that we could talk about, uh, but it would probably take us another episode. (laughs) Um, But the one thing that I have personal experience with that I really liked a lot was the pulse electromagnetic field. And I, I read about it before you told me about it, but didn't put, I didn't remember like the Mm -hmm. acronym PEMF or whatever, but you you told me about it. I went back to this book that I was reading. I was like, oh, yeah, this is. And I was reading all these um, case studies and uh, and meta-analysis with 
uh, you know, about this technology and it, and just off of my personal experience, I did feel an immediate benefit from it. I was right. doing the glasses because yeah. you know, there's the mat and you guys have the glasses. Um, so how does that work? And, and well, what is that? Uh, what is PEMF purpose? or pulse electromagnetic field therapy was really first invented by NASA. Uh, they had found that astronauts coming back uh, had low bone density. Trying to figure out why. So the first assumption mm-hmm. would be, well, you don't have enough gravity for that length of time. So you lose that bone density. But they found it wasn't. It was because they were outside of the Earth's magnetic pull. So right now there's a lot of therapy mm. going on, too, called grounding. And it's based on the same idea that the Earth is so covered with concrete now. We're in rubber-soled shoes. We're... You know, you're not actually barefoot in the sand or on the grass. That's where your body gets a lot of the Earth's magnetism. So you're. I was, I was explaining this to a root two podcasts <laughs> well, ago, and he, he poo pooed okay, it. Okay, so, so what you have to know him. is that your cells have a, a positive <laughs> and negative side, right? Like a magnet. Mm-hmm. So if those right. become disoriented. And you just like magnets, they start sticking together, right? Now you got cellular clumping. If it happens with mm-hmm. red blood cells, you have clumping of the red blood cells, which leads you know, to thrombosis, stroke, mm. thickening of the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You also can lose uh, iron, ferron one, into the bloodstream if you get too much clumping. All these things are work in a cyclic fashion. So all that. PEMF mm. really is doing is realigning all your cells so they flow more efficiently. And so the cellular transport chains mm. work efficiently. Um, if you have, there's a, this is a brand name of a PEMF device. It's known as Beamer, B-E-M-E-R. Um, and it, it's a good one. It's, I don't think it's the best. I like the QRS better. But they, they basically do the same things. If you will Google Beamer blood circulation video, you'll see exactly what we're talking about. As the uh, blood is going through uh, the uh, artery as it's being pumped, you'll see the red blood cells in this video. And then there'll be capillaries coming off it, which are much smaller, right? And you'll see how slow... Mm-hmm. Those cells make their way through the capillaries because they're bunching, they're clumping. Then you'll sit, have mm-hmm. someone sitting on the beamer, and you know, as they're showing this scope, this picture of the blood cells, and it's live, as the person sits on the beamer, immediately you'll see that pick up in speed. As you go longer, you'll see that now the blood's just booking. Your circulation's much better, it's just flying. So it's- that's just the benefit of the blood. Because they're information. Uh, at the clinics, we can have you sit on the, you know, put on a pulse oximeter and see what your oxygen level is. And you leave that pulse ox- uh, oximeter on, sit on our Beamer or on our QRS. And by the end of the treatment, your uh, oxygen level is going to be up. It depends how, how many percent to start with. The lower you were, the higher percentage you're going to see. But, I mean, if you, you're already at 98. So, let's say you come in. It, there's not a lot of room for it to go up. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's say you yeah, come well, in at 94. Time, what uh, is a typical job? I did this, I was at 94. When I got off, I was at 98. And I, I was wow. on it for 24 hmm. minutes. Though. I was on it longer than usual. Just because I'm 63 years old, so once I sit down, I want to stay there a while. It's hard to get back. <laughs> I'm 32, and I feel the same way. Uh, <laughs> see that that's that's a much better explanation because when I was trying to explain it to Root, I was talking about like, uh, like negative negative energy or right. negative, you know, like right. pretty sure you mentioned toxins too. Yeah, and so as soon as you say <laughs> negative energy and toxins, they, they, you lose me. You lose yeah, me. as soon as you, you say toxins, might as well be talking about you know 5G causing coronavirus. <laughs> now I'll tell you one fighter that really I know pretty um, well that loves the uh, PEMF technologies. Used it for years, even before I met him. Is Ray Daniels? Oh, mm. nice. Yeah, Ray's a big proponent. He's a cool guy. I like I like Ray. That man is sharp. He is, and he's a. Um, He's a he defies like, I know. the laws I hate of, that of aging. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um oh, and Josh Rosen, uh, quarterback from the Dolphins. He's he he just actually was using okay. it quite a bit along with hyperbarics and everything else. Um but so he just purchased one from us to have at home. Yeah. Oh so nice. Does ground does grounding have uh, a similar effect sorry, as the that? PMF? Grounding, like, does it is it uh, similar yeah, effect it's, to PMF? It's similar, P- of course, P-E-M-F. you have P-E-M-F. to do much more of the grounding to get the same effect. It's not as strong, but it's a more natural mm-hmm. way to go. And now mm-hmm. there's products out there, and these, these I don't know how well they work. There's products out there, uh, sheets, pillowcases, mm-hmm. uh, all these things that actually ground. Yeah, I've seen those wires you can ground. But I know years ago, there was a company from Japan. This is probably, oh, gosh, I was still diving. So it's probably 15 years ago that was the third largest health provider in Japan. And their entire therapies were based on magnets. Wow. Hmm. You sold me on the oxygen saturation machine. Once you said you got a four percent jump in that and you've seen it with your own eyes now i'm very intrigued before yeah. that yeah, please like, eh. watch that <laughs> please google that because uh i try to show i'm a numbers guy that, that when they first come that's why what really set you know josh on buying it and you know his father's a physician josh is a pretty intelligent guy so once he saw that that change uh you know he that's what got him to be interested and he used it several times and felt the difference um and the one of the things we like about that is we do it pre-hyperbarics right so now your blood is really moving Mm -hmm. so when you get in the chamber and we saturate that blood it's it's delivering oxygen even faster so that's why we put these protocols in a specific because they're information uh we have the other device. I don't know, Nick, if you've used it where you put your hand in it. Yeah, that's called an Avacyl. I have. I have. What that is actually FDA approved as a uh, pain relief device. Um, but all it really does, mm. if you put your hand in it, you feel it has a uh, vacuum around the wrist. That is so it keeps the capillaries open. There's a slight vacuum. It seals around the wrist. I'm sorry. 
and a slight vacuum inside that keeps the capillaries in the palm of the hand open. The palm of the hand and the bottom of the feet are like your body's radiators. They have a very unique capillary system. You ever, when you're in bed at night and you get really hot, you kick your feet out from under the covers? That's so you can, you're, if, yeah, if they yeah, yeah. cool down, the body, the body down. will cool down. But um, the, the, uh, by heating it, right. And that up that to machine keeps your hand up, right? In the palm of the uh, hand. Normally, the capillaries would close when they get mm. that hot because it doesn't want to affect the whole body, but that vacuum keeps them open. Then that blood heats and circulates through the entire body. Well, that thins the blood slightly, kind of like an aspirin would. That's where some of the pain relief comes in. But that also mm. causes capillary growth. It also helps aid in insulin resistance. So, uh, yeah, it, it slows down insulin oh, resistance. Really? So the, the company that builds it's doing a national study right now on diabetes. Uh, also on uh, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis because uh, they've had good benefit. So a lot of the surgeons we work with send that device home with a patient for a week or two after their surgery. Tell them use it three times a day for pain relief so they don't have to take as many uh, as much pain medication. Yeah. So. Hmm. Wow. So um, we're uh, we're getting to about an hour here. Um, so I know we have a lot more things we get into. Maybe we can do it a, se- uh, a second time, but real quick. Yeah, I have so we... many questions for you, Mark. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's, a, it's a complicated subject, too, and there's a lot of things to cover. Um, but before we wrap up, if someone is in, uh, is in Southern California, uh, they want to um, find out o- more. O2, the go? letter O, number two, O2healthlab.com. We have... Uh, Three clinics open now, our fourth one opening in June. They're in Placentia, Anaheim with the training lab. We're in Mission Viejo. We're in Costa Mesa, Newport Back Bay. And we're opening in Fashion Island in June. And by the end of summer, we should be open in Scottsdale, Arizona. Oh, uh, nice. We also cool. are looking at Dallas, cool. Incredible. Texas. So that's, with, in, uh, uh, that's all in um... Dirk Nowitzki. And some of his friends. Uh, I treated Dirk years ago, so we were just out oh, there nice. in January. Had a talk with them, and uh, they want to open a clinic out there as well. Wait, why uh, do I played know, for the Dallas uh, Mavericks that for over basketball player, NBA player? Yeah, 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 yeah. Real, yeah, yeah. Um, cool. So, yeah, if you guys, if you guys are in Southern California or potentially uh, Dallas or Scottsdale, you can check out. O2 Correct. Health Lab. It's just, it's singular, right? Health Lab. Um, O2HealthLab.com. Um, you guys are also on Instagram, right. social media, I know, uh-huh. right? O2 Health Lab on all on all accounts. Um, if you uh, want to follow the podcast, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, we're also on social media at Quotes and Chokes all across the board. Uh, you can follow me at Nick Angeloni 155 on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I don't really use Twitter that much, though, but you can if you feel like it. And then, uh, Arup? You can follow me on uh, Instagram, uh, prime underscore time, 9999. Cool. All right, so that's it for this week. Um, and Oh, yeah, I think uh, 
we may have potential for video coming up, uh, but we'll announce that if it if it happens. We gotta iron it out. But um, yeah. So Thanks, see you guys Nick. next week. Thanks, Thanks for listening. Sir. All right. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate thank it. Thank you, Mark.